Hello and welcome to Talking Upward, the show where we discuss all things TRIO and explore the critical aspects of TRIO programs, including higher education, scholarships, and policy. Ultimately, we discover what educators and students need to know by examining our shared experiences and discuss how we all can stay on a path upward. I'm your host, Reggie Holyfield, and today we have special guest, Mrs. Sharon Gilbert, the former Upward Bound Director for the University of Montevallo. Without further ado, let's welcome Ms. Sharon Gilbert to the podcast. How you doing, Ms. Gilbert? I'm doing fine, Reggie. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I'm so excited to just talk about my experiences uh, with Upward Bound, but also about my uh, career path. Absolutely. We are excited. You know, we get to conduct this interview with you. Anytime I can be of assistance to Upward Bound, I'm always willing to uh, to pitch in because it's a program that I truly believe in, its missions and its goals. And um, I've seen the products of, of the Upward Bound program because, you know, you're one of those products, Reggie. Uh, so <laughs> I'm very proud of you as well as a lot of other students that uh, that I've worked with over the years. So for those of our listeners who are not familiar with you, would you mind just giving a, a brief background of, of who you are and what, what you have accomplished, what you've done at the University of Montevallo as director? Okay, well, um, I'm originally from uh, Tuscaloosa County, a little small town uh, called Ralph, Alabama. And my joke is we didn't even have a traffic light. Uh, I think when I grew up, we probably didn't even have a caution light. I am from a first-generation, low-income background, just like the students that I served uh, with Upward Bound. I worked at the University of Montevallo Upward Bound program for approximately 29 and a half years, so a little short of 30 years, but 29 and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time, I just grew so much as a person. I, my mom knew at an early age that I was the person who wanted to help everybody. You know, I didn't want anybody to be sad. I was always a helper and a giving person and always wanted to uh, to help others. So Upward Bound gave me the opportunity to do that. And I feel that my life is enriched and that I'm blessed for, uh, for having that opportunity. I feel like it was an honor for me to be able to touch all of those lives. Just think about over 29 and a half years I had an opportunity to touch oh, uh, thousands of, of students' lives. And in some, I know all of them were positive, but, you know, sometimes I had to be the bad guy. But uh, I feel that um, everyone gained some things from that. You remember those days. You know, somebody has to be the bad guy. but So I can be the bad guy. But at the end of the day, I think that every Upward Bound student knew that I cared about them. I genuinely cared about them and I cared about their futures. Right. So you spoke on working with the Tree Arbor Bound program at Montevallo for 29 and a half years. Is this, mm-hmm. is this where you got your start or how did you come about working for Trio? Did you start off as a director or how did that go? No, I did not start in uh, Trio. Uh, actually, uh, my first job with us was at a HB, HBCU at a historically black institution in Augusta, Georgia. 
Uh, I worked at Payne College as the director of career, career planning and placement. So that was my first job. But I got that job through the University of Montevallo Career Planning and Placement Office. Hmm. Uh, Dr. Uh, Anella Trobal sent me to a career fair in Atlanta. And at that career fair, I met Dr. Sharon Whitaker. She interviewed me or talked to me at, at that point. You know, it was a career fair. And then I was invited on her campus for an interview. And um, they hired me as a, as a placement director. But at Montevallo, I was a graduate assistant in career planning and placement. So my advice to students, when you're in high school, when you're in college, make sure that you try to get some varied experiences so you can kind of decide what you want to do. So I started out in career planning and placement. When I left there, I went to vocational rehabilitation in Georgia. I was still living in Augusta, Georgia then. Um, a tragedy happened. Uh, my brother, I lost my brother in a car accident, and I wanted to come back home. So I started looking around uh, the University of Alabama, and you know, that was home, Tuscaloosa. They had a job in uh, their career center. And then I also saw University of Montevallo, you know, my alma mater, I saw that they had a position in Upward Bound. So I interviewed for both positions. And both jobs. But when I looked at that uh, job description closely and I saw that I would be working with students that were like me, just like me, I was like, mm -hmm. you know, this is a no brainer. Yeah, my mom was like, oh, come on back to Tuscaloosa. I want to have you back in Tuscaloosa. But I was <laughs> like, no, I got to go back home to Montebello. I got to go back to those cobblestones. That's where I got my start. And I dreaded it. That was one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. Right. And you spoke on uh, giving uh, those tidbits of information and motivation to students. We spoke on a lot of times students see us as finished products. You know, mm -hmm. they, they don't they don't understand sometimes that we're also works in progress as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think it goes without saying, you know, spending 29 and a half years at the University of Montevallo, you're probably the longest standing director uh, for the trio or a trio program. I'm not sure mm -hmm. you know, how accurate that is, but you know, that, that, that says a lot about you and, and your willingness to work for such a program. Right. And I never really thought about it like that, Reggie, but, but you're, you're right. Um, I know um, Dr. Addie Crutcher was the first director of the uh, trio up with down program and followed by uh, Dr. Sherry Slow, who hired me. I served as the assistant director for about 15 years before I interviewed and was offered the job as a director. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I am probably. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> so, so with that, with, with the amount of experience and wisdom that you have, could you speak on, you know, how do you, as a professional, how do you balance uh -huh. family, work life, outside hobbies and, you know, things like that. How do, how do we balance that? Well, it's hard and doable because I did it. I have a son. I have a husband of 33 years. Uh, I was also in the city council at the university, I mean, for the city of Montevallo. And I did other things 
like volunteer actors in the church. I mean, I did all of it. So right. what I have to do is, uh, first thing I do is I put God first in everything that I do. And then I just ask him to order my steps. And then I'm the person who has that calendar and I'm planning out every minute of the day. I always have a, a plan. Even now that I'm retired, I always have a plan. I always have something that I'm doing. I know at this time I'm doing this, at this time I'm doing that. So it's just to make sure that you manage your time wisely and you can do it all. Because, I mean, I'm not just saying this. My husband will probably tell you this, and I know my son would say this. <laughs> I think I'm a wonderful mother, <laughs> and I think I'm a wonderful wife. So I was able to, to do all of those things. but And, and that was uh, very fulfilling to me. So I chose the things. You have to be a little bit more selective because everybody will want you to do everything. So you can't do it all. You have to prioritize the things that you want to do. And then you make sure that you do those things. But doing all of those things, mm-hmm. you need to make sure that you take care of yourself as well. Absolutely. And that's a big thing. I think that a lot of institutions, whether they're four-year or community colleges, have noticed throughout the pandemic is mental health is, is a big thing. That social and emotional learning piece Definitely. for our mm-hmm. students is, is important. So speaking on that, you know, I would like to know if there are any correlations over, over your span of working with TRIO. There are any difficult, mm-hmm. any difficult times and how did you all go about managing those? I know a lot of programs right now. Uh, one of the, one of the biggest things that we talk about in our state meetings and even our regional meetings are how do we affect students post COVID? Where, where are we headed? What are we going to do? So are there any tidbits of information maybe that you have from the past that we can draw on? Ready to be honest, I never thought in my lifetime that I would see what we are going through right now with pandemic. And my heart goes out to all teachers, trio, professionals, educators, everywhere, because we haven't dealt with anything like this, and so we're not prepared for it. During my tenure, um, I guess the most stressful times for me, and I mean, they seem like so minute right now, would be one, when got trying to decide what they're going to do about our funding and how much uh, money they're going to allocate. And that's when I say they, I mean the U.S. Department of Education. Now, that's a stressful time. Also, uh, when we are writing the grant proposals, and we're trying to give the Department of Education what they want. We're trying to figure out what they want. And then they score us. And then it's up to them whether the program will continue or not. And so that was very stressful for me because if the program did not continue, then all of those students would not receive those services. Because me, myself, the staff, we can go and find other jobs but who's going to provide the services that we provide to those students mm-hmm. if we don't receive the funding? Mm-hmm. So those were my most stressful things. I never seen like uh, the pandemic. It's definitely a tough time or it's, you know, it's been a tough time. Things are looking on the up and up doing the best that we can I know. to work on those things. So if you would allow me to ask, 
So mm-hmm. you, you, you spoke on working as an assistant director for uh-huh. 15 years before, prior to becoming uh-huh. the director. You know, when we, when we think about the timeline in, in society, you know, you are a female director. Do you think that mm-hmm. women entering the workforce now are better off than women who, who started and who were in higher positions in administration when you did? I feel that they're in the, I mean, it's, it happens more often right now because right before um, you called, I was just watching President Biden and the new um, justice. So that's the first black woman. So, you know, 15 years ago, 29 and a half years ago, at least with Trio Upward Bound, it seems like there were more women involved in Trio Upward Bound. Because I guess for one reason is because, you know, you got to nurture. You have to be able to nurture the students. I'm not saying that men don't nurture, but I'm just saying women are naturally the people who nurture. So there were more people in Trio Upward Bound at that time. But as far as higher education, it's a lot better now than when, I started 29 and a half, 30 years ago, but we still have a long way to go. I still think that there are differences as far as pay being equitable for women versus men in the same position. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times the respect, they look at a man and they may give them more respect than they give a woman. I still think those things happen now, but I do feel that it's much better than it was. Right. Thank you for weighing in on, on that situation and those questions. Those are pressing issues that we still face today. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important um, that, you know, that you spoke on that information. So, I mean, outside of just being the director, you know, mm-hmm. I, if I draw my own experience, um, I really feel like you understand and work with TRIO um, mm-hmm. the more you work with it, you know, the, the more you learn about the job. So there's not necessarily direct on the job training. So right. what what type of information would you, would you give? Well, with TRIO, I guess the first thing is if you have a similar background as the students that you're serving, you know exactly what they're going through. So one child you may treat this way because you know, you know, this history, you have to handle them the way that you handle um, this other student over here. So it's all about being in tune with them, but most of all being genuine. Students can feel when you are genuine. Um, so it's those types of things, and those are the type of people who need to be in these professions is not a nine to five job. We were, we were night, weekends, holidays, Indeed. and, and even late at night, you know, during the summers, I was basically, uh, on call. Students may call me at 10 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night, and I have to be there to answer that phone call. So, because nine times out of 10, if they're calling me at that time, it's an emergency. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what they see as an emergency, may not be what we see as an emergency, but for them at that particular time, it's very important to them. And they need to feel heard because a lot of times the students that we were working with uh, out in the schools, especially out in those rural schools, nobody pays attention to them. 
you know, it may, they consider themselves like average. If you don't have the highest ACT score, you don't come from this mm-hmm. family, then they don't, they don't pay attention to you. But I felt like at Upward Bound, we paid attention to everybody and everybody felt like they were part of a family and everybody was seen. Everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be heard. So, and then I guess my, and I can only speak from my experience as a leader, I like to lead by example. I'm not going to ask you to go over there and put some sodas in a cooler and bring that cooler over to Comer Hall if I'm not willing to do that same thing. And then, like you said earlier, sometimes the students think that we're just put together and we're that finished product. Mm-hmm. I have no problem telling you where I came from, that I lived on a dirt road. I, I have no problems with that, that, um, you know, sometimes uh, I wasn't the most uh, popular person or I may have had a, a hole in my sock and somebody made fun of it. I mean, I have no problem sharing those things with you because, you know, that's all a part of who I am as a person. That all helps to shape and mold me. And that's what uh, TRIO professionals are there for, to shape and mold the students. No, there's no roadmap. You get a job description with TRIO Upward Bound, <laughs> you have to make it your own. Mm-hmm. There's no step-by-step guide on what you're supposed to do. You know the clientele you're working with. You know with your experiences that you had, your background, and then you put those things into place. But you have to meet the students where they are. And each one of them mm. is an individual. Mm. There's no one fit one size fits all. And the more experience I have with working with our state and regional group, and being a part of ELI, which is the Emerging Leaders Institute, you know, you hear those phrases, meet the students where they are, or do it, do it afraid. And a lot of times in certain situations, you have to be voluntold to do things. And I think it's a, a very important time. One of the things that they, they touched on were having scared leaders and, and being a part of a generation where, where people are not willing to step up and step out and do certain mm-hmm. things. So I think that's important. You touched on <laughs> receiving just the job description and, and having to work through and figure things mm-hmm. out on your own because you understand the clientele that you work with. Could you speak on potentially professional mentor mentors that you had in general and during, you know, times of, of, of difficulty or maybe not the best times or, or some of the good times? Who, who did you talk to? Who did you go to and who did you discuss things with? Oh, OK. Um, well, First of all, I guess uh, my role model, my biggest role model was my mother. So I would always go to her and confide in her about different things because she started off as a lunchroom lady and ended up as a manager of the lunchroom. She loved children. Uh, she was a, a guard-fearing woman, so she was going to always steer me in the right direction. So that was one person that I talked to. And then once I became a part of the trio family, then I met different colleagues. Some of my colleagues that I met, I met them like my first month on the job because I remember uh, my first month on the job, the director was writing the grant. And so she had uh, registered for a conference and she said, Sharon, you go to this conference and I'm going to stay and continue to work on the grant. 
So I went to that conference and I met people and we were friends until we retired from Up or Down. So when we were writing grants or if we had a question about something that the uh, U.S. Department of Education had sent, like an email or something, and we didn't understand it, we would just call each other and we would talk about it. When we were writing our grants, we would call each other and talk about it. And so, like I said, so I was friends with those people for like 29 plus years or whoever retired first. A lot of us retired around the same time because remember, we, we started about the same time. So it was there were people like that that I always had somebody that I could uh, could talk to about up or down or, or what was going on and people who are actually out in the field doing the same thing that you're doing. And then maybe they have a different way of doing it or you have a different way of doing it. But we, I mean, we literally, especially during that uh, proposal writing time, we would ring each other's phone <laughs> off the hook. We would email each other and, oh, what are you doing? What kind of character are you using? Uh, what are you putting in there? And and so we, we uh, networked. I mean, uh, when you say network, we were the king and queens of networking. How are you doing this? Because if somebody's already doing it, why are you going to recreate the wheel? Mm-hmm. So they just tell you, this is how I did it, and this worked with my students. And now you know that you can't take everything from what they're doing because your students are totally different. But some things, you can kind of uh, adapt those things and make them work for you, or, you know, you've got to give give you another idea from what they're doing. You'll be like, oh, I can't do that, but I can do this. Right. So it was the network of trio professionals. Those were uh, the people um, that I really looked up to. But then when I first, when I went in, like it was uh, Dr. Harold Dickerson. He was from the uh, North Alabama area because they were much older. So he kind of took me on his wing and, and was kind of, you know, telling me some things. Lloyd Henderson, he was down Andalusia, just different people like that. When I first got into it, who were older professionals who would kind of talk you through things like that. But then once I got my got in the door, then I created my own network and we would work together. And you have to find seasoned professionals. And it's 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 good to find good people because you can follow on the leadership of someone going in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. So what is one of the most important lessons that you have learned over your entire career? Oh, over my entire career. The most important lesson that I feel I've learned over my whole entire career, all the way back to Payne College, is to never feel like you know everything. Always be willing to learn. And as long as you're learning something different, because our world is changing. So we can't do things the way we did them 20 years ago because it's changed so much. So we have to stay on top of it and learn and continue to learn. Mm -hmm. So I feel that's that's the biggest lesson. Even from the, like the last day I walked, out of the doors of trio up or down, I was still learning. And I feel I will continue to learn uh, a different lesson each day. So it's always, never, never think you know it all and that you can always learn something new. 
Thank you, Ms. Gilbert. We appreciate your time today and your expertise and the professionalism that you have always carried. Well, again, thank you so much for thinking of me. Um, I'm honored um, to talk about my experiences and uh, to help Trio Up or Down in any way. All y'all have to do is just give me a call, call me, text me, or email me. I'm still um, here local. I try to travel as much as I can, but, uh, you know, if you call, I'll be there. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Sharon Gilbert.